Friday can never come soon enough when you have a big honking radio show like the one you're going to get right now. What up, South Jersey? How's it hanging, AC? It's the Mel Taylor Show every Friday afternoon from 3 until 6. You're serving up some prime time in the drive time. This sacred studio is going to be filled to the gills with greatness in the next few hours. Like, for example, this guy, he bleeds Atlantic City. It runs through his veins. Postcard, Joey Palillo. He's here at 3.30. Then at 4 o'clock, another American citizen you could be proud of. He's a Pakistani-American, an Iraq war veteran. He's Dean Malik. He's going to be talking about this how and the why of why radical Islamic couples from San Bernardino, why'd they go off the deep end? And why do some not go off the deep end? Because just after 4 o'clock on WPG Talk Radio 1450, I will have a gentleman that I will meet for the first time face to face. But after reading this, this is a piece that he wrote <clears throat> and it's called Why I Am Running for Congress. He's running for a congressional seat in Pennsylvania. But that's not the real reason why he's here in the Atlantic City area, specifically Northfield, where we have our studios at Town Square Media. It's because, well, let me just read this. This piece appeared in the Bucks County Courier Times on December 14th of 2015. It's now archived, and you have to pay a subscription, but well worth it. And he's republishing it. This is uh, Dean Malik. And he writes, Dean Malik writes, why I'm running for Congress. On December 7th, 2015, I announced my campaign for Congress in Pennsylvania's 8th Congressional District. I'm running in the Republican primary. I chose this date because it is the 74th anniversary of the bombing of Pearl Harbor, an occasion when the country stood together in resolve to defeat our enemy. Only five days before my announcement, the nation was subject to a terror attack taking the lives of 14 people and injuring 21 others in San Bernardino, California. The attack was carried out by a radical anti-American Islamic couple, Syed Rizwan Farouk and Tashfeen Malik. This couple was Pakistani-American. I, too, am Pakistani-American. But my life story could not be more different from that of the San Bernardino killers. My father came to this country in 1953 to attend Syracuse University, where he met my mother. My mother's parents came to the U.S. from the Lithuanian Jewish community in the waning years of the Tsar of the Tsarist Russian Empire. My parents were both professors at Villanova University for over four decades. I was raised Jewish. I have been with my wife for over 15 years. Our four children were baptized into the Catholic faith at St. Jude Church in Chalfont near our home in New Britain. Whereas the San Bernardino killers grew up nurturing hatred and grievance towards America, I grew up learning patriotism and reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. Whereas the killers took up arms to kill Americans, I took and kept an oath to protect America and to support 
and defend this nation against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I went to war as a United States Marine to fight every, to fight against the very enemy that the San Bernardino killers represent. I developed counterterrorism training missions with our allies to fight those enemies. This is Dean Malik and his story called Why I'm Running for Congress in a recent Bucks County Courier Times. And we continue here. The San Bernardino killers died in a shootout with police. I spent years working hand-in-hand -hand with police as a criminal prosecutor in Bucks County to keep our communities safe. I am first and foremost an American. I am running for Congress as an expression of my love of country and belief in service. I believe in compromise, but I also believe there are times to stand firm and resolute, anchored in principle. In fighting terror, there is no place for empathy, dialogue, or compromise. I'm going to repeat that again. In fighting terror, there is no place for empathy, dialogue, or compromise. This is when I said, I got to call this guy. He's got to come in on the air. As I continue here reading Dean's published piece on the inviolable, I'm troubled by pronouncing this, inviolability of constitutionally guaranteed liberties, including the right to life, freedom of expression, and the right to bear arms, there can be no compromise. On the right to freedom of religion, there can be no compromise. In the belief of a constitutionally limited government of enumerated powers, there can be no compromise. And as we come to a close here, but in matters of personal preference, I believe we should strive to be a society that respects each other's differences. In wrestling with the question of how to bring economic opportunity to all Americans and how to ensure the availability of high-quality health care for all citizens, I believe new and creative thinking must be brought to bear. I recognize that my campaign is a long-shot bid and an uphill battle. I am not a career politician benefiting from entrenched relationships, nor am I born into political patrimony or position to receive the benefit of nepotism. Yet I would accept neither advantage, even if they were made available to me, as I find them to be fundamentally undemocratic. I believe in personal responsibility and individual merit. To paraphrase Jack London, life is not always a matter of holding good cards but how well you play your hand. And that is why I'm running. And this is why I will always fight for what I believe in. Dean Malik is an Iraq war veteran and a former Bucks County prosecutor. He's a candidate for Congress in Pennsylvania's 8th Congressional District. He's a practicing attorney. And um, can't wait for him to come in just after 4 o'clock because I think America needs more guys like this. So. Sorry that you mess with the U.S. of A. W. I said it's WPG Talk Radio 1450. But it's great to have him in here. He had a great article that he that he wrote, put pen to paper, got it in the Bucks County Courier Times. And if you want to see it, it's called Why Am I Running for Congress? And we do really appreciate it, Dean, that you're going to be here for the next half hour. And were you surprised that I reached out to you and said, hey, come on down to Atlantic City and be on the radio, even though you're running for a congressional seat up there in Pennsylvania? Well, I was 
I was surprised, but I was thrilled. I was very happy to be here. Um, it's, it's always uh, a great sense of satisfaction for me to talk about the experiences I've had and the ideas that I have for leadership of this country. So, And with the, well, I'm, I don't know all the details yet, but something happened a few hours ago up in Philadelphia where somebody from Yadin, Pennsylvania, my hometown, that kind of freaks me out, but they just went up to a cop sitting in a car and start firing away. Correct, and I, I know very little about it myself, but it's my understanding that it was a person who's identified as a Muslim, and it looks like it was a, a jihadist act of terror and probably a lone wolf situation. They may or may not have said Allah Akbar when they did it, um, but it, it's probably it looks consistent with a lone wolf act of Islamist terror. That's correct. And he may have already admitted, yeah, this is this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm okay with that. I, I admit to it because, quite frankly, they're proud of it, right? Well, they are, and, and these people think that they're fulfilling command um, pursuant to their religion to attack the United States, even though they live here, and they receive the benefit of living here and the freedom, including religious freedom of living here, they think they still have to fight and kill Americans and anybody who represents American authority. And it's a disgusting thing. I think you get the relationship with the United States as an immigrant that you want and that you deserve. And if you come here and you open up to America and you love America, America will open up to you and love you back. But if you hate it, America will hate you back. And that's what you deserve. It's been going on for thousands and thousands of years where other conflicts between countries and states, the North and the South, or, or Germany and France or Britain and America, Mexico, they usually get resolved. But religious battles last forever. Well, that's true. And um, I don't know if, you've, if you're familiar with the book uh, Clash of Civilizations, uh, Samuel Huntington. Um, a man wrote this book, and the thesis of it was that Islam and Christianity are essentially going to always be at each other's throats because Islam is always tr struggling against Christianity for supremacy and essentially the, the, as the final heir to the Abrahamic tradition. And so that, that's part of what might be happening here, especially the strict Salafi Wahhabi interpretation of Sunni Islam. We're talking to Dean Malik. He's staying here. We're talking about stuff that you want to talk about on WPG Talk Radio 1450. I am Mel Taylor. Stay right where you are. Right next to you, Mr. Pillow, yes. is an Iraq war veteran. He's a former Bucks County prosecutor. Good. He's a candidate for Congress in Pennsylvania's 8th Congressional District. Okay. And he's a current, um, he's a practicing attorney right now. And uh, thank you for your service, Dean Malik. Welcome to WPG Talk Radio 1450. Thank you, Mel, for having me. And we really just virtually met literally hours ago. How did we do that? Through a friend of ours online? Right. It was a friend who was in radio, uh, Lois. How do you know Lois Burek? Thank gosh that she figured out a way of pulling us together. She knew that you'd be a good guest for me. You know, originally she reached out to me to talk about a legal matter some time ago. And then she took an interest in my campaign when I announced that I was running. And uh, she asked if there was anything she could do to help. And so I suggested that if she still knew people in radio, maybe get the word out. And so this is how she responded, and it's been great. And I really do owe her uh, a tremendous debt of gratitude for helping me out with this. And when I read this article, I was amazed at, first off, how well-written it was. I got choked up when I was reading it in the 4 o'clock hour. I'm sorry, in the 3 o'clock hour. That's one heck of an article. And uh, what made you uh, decide to take pen to paper and write such an awesome uh, post and submit it to the newspaper up there in the Bucks County area. Well, thank you for the praise. Uh, you know, yes, my father was born actually in India before partition, before Pakistan was created. 
Um, and he came to this country in 1953. Um, but my mother, her parents came from Lithuania and they're Jewish. So I have the combination of being both Jewish and uh, having Muslim ancestry. And of course, I'm half Lithuanian. Right. And you, and you mentioned that. So it's, it's a uniquely, I think, a uniquely American mix. You really don't get that anywhere else in the world. Um, when I was young, I, I was trying to figure out really where I fit in. You know, what is my identity? I grew up on the main line. I went to a prep school, the Haverford School, an old boys school, had good friends. But I always felt like, well, you know, where do I really fit in? And I realized at a certain point that my identity is American. And that's the only identity that matters. Did you feel like you weren't fitting in during that period of your growing up? I, I think to some extent, a lot of people, when they're growing up, they try to figure out where they belong. They try to find their way. Were they asking you about your ethnic background, specifically kids of that age? Um, I, I don't know that the questions came out directly. But, you know, you, when you grow up in a community, everybody goes to the same church or you know, whether it be Presbyterian or the same Catholic church or synagogue or something. And I was friends with them, but I, I didn't necessarily have that sense of belonging out, you know, to the, to those those types of small groups as the other kids did that I was growing up with. It didn't prevent me from being friends with them. And then I realized that in reality, it, it doesn't matter because we're all Americans. And, and that's the most important thing. So I pursued service to my country um, on that basis. Uh, I love my country and I found that it, it's the, the most important thing to me is serving my country. So. That's why I joined the military. I started off enlisted. I went to Paris Island. Um, I came out as a private first class, and, and I went to the reserves, the Marine Corps Reserves, while I was in law school, at Villanova Law School. And um, then after law school, I got a commission as a second lieutenant in the Marine Corps. I became an officer. I went to officer candidate school. I became an assistant district attorney after my first tour on active duty. I served in Iraq. Um, during the troop surge of 2007, 2008, and I deployed again to the Horn of Africa where I did um, theater security cooperation training with allied nations in Africa, basically training uh, countries that are on our side to fight the global war on terror and do counterterrorism in the African theater on the Horn of Africa. So It's happening right there at the it, Horn of Africa right now. It's a, it's a very difficult area. There's Al-Shabaab. Um, Both sides of the Nile? Uh, I'm sorry? Both sides of the river. Yeah, both sides of the Nile, below the Nile, everywhere. Right. Uh, above the Sahara, below the Sahara, and the Sahel, the transition area. So it is really a, it is really a hotbed, um, and Islamist terror is growing. All of Africa. Every every nation's got a uh, terrorist problem. That That's absolutely true. And we do have tremendous allies in Africa, too, because they oppose Islamist terror just as much as we, we do. we got troops in the uh, Central African Republic, 400. We, we have them there. We have we have troops in Ethiopia, but our biggest contingent of troops is in the Combined Joint Task Force for the Horn of Africa in Djibouti, where I was. Djibouti, so your yes. background, your background is uh, deep and wide, and uh, you really bring a lot to the table. And as, you know, as we move ahead and we see some of the things that really just happened a few hours ago, another shooting, another right. soft target attack, it just seems that, remember I reached out to you, I said, listen, you, what you just wrote is perfect for this day and age because Donald Trump, whether we vote for him or not, whether we like him or not, he's, he's proving that maybe we should not worry about somebody else being offended. And, uh, hey, get a thick skin. He say, let's not be so politically correct. It's, it's actually, that's maybe why he's leading in the polls right now. When you wrote what you wrote, and some, sometimes you could, did you ever get any pushback or some blowback with what you wrote here in the Bucks County Courier Times? Frankly, I've only received positive feedback from it. Uh, people understand that being an American is the most important thing. And we're all together in this. We let, really me, let me read that one paragraph that 
you know, sometimes at the wrong time in front of the wrong person, they might, they might say, how dare you be a, well, everyone's talking about Islamophobia. Right. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe there's a very, very small contingency of Islamophobics in the world, but most of us are not. But this paragraph really got me. This is what you wrote in the Bucks County Courier Times. I believe in compromise, but I also believe there are times to stand firm and resolute, anchored in principle. In fighting terror, there is no place for empathy or dialogue or compromise. Some of our leadership wants to sit down, have a beer, talk it out while they are getting ready to kill us. It, it, sometimes it's, it's that black and white. We can't. We cannot talk it out with them. We cannot empathize with them. The only language that terrorists understand is the language of force. That's the language they use, and it's the language they understand. And they also know that we are uh, being led by uh, an administration currently, with all due respect, that they um, the they, behind. they realize that uh, we're vulnerable because we don't want to be too uh, Islamophobic. Well, I, I think Barack Obama's position is that I think he's almost mortified by American power. And, and I think he, he has, seems to have led this country in a way that is designed to minimize the American footprint throughout the world because he's embarrassed by the greatness of this country. I'm the exact opposite. I think we have no choice. We have to get out in front and we have to lead in the global war on terror. So we believe in American exceptionalism. Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely believe in American exceptionalism. So the article, I told you I wanted to just, uh, I read the whole thing in the three o'clock hour, got choked up. I think I got choked up when you started talking about your mom and dad, you know, coming over from, um, well, coming over from Pakistan, right? That's my father. Yeah. That's your father, and your mother's Jewish. Correct. But you were a, a melting pot, and uh, so I can see where some of the challenge, some of the confusion in your mind as a young man, you're like, where do I fit in, right? right. And let's face facts, when you're 10, 12, 13, 15, whatever, and you're hanging out with other guys at school, you know, they're like, are you Italian? Are you, are you uh, Irish, right? Let me just read a few paragraphs from the article that you wrote for the Bucks County Courier Times. A couple of these paragraphs really jumped out. Um, there was an attack carried out by a radical anti-American Islamic couple. The couple was Pakistani-American. I'm assuming when you saw that, you said, oh, jeez. Exactly. You might have to defend or explain. It makes your heart sink to, to see that. Um, but yes, I mean, they, they were a Pakistani-American couple. They obviously hated this country. They hated everything it stood for. And even though they lived here, they ended their own lives in an act of homicide. I think, I think there's a number of reasons for that. Um, as we discussed earlier, my father came here in 1953. Um, this country was different in 1953. And I think that was really the end of an era when immigrants who came here were expected to assimilate. And they didn't come here demanding things um, with anti-American views, only here to exploit and take advantage. They came here only wanting to work it. And they wanted to learn the language. Exactly. And they wanted to become Americans. And that was what my father did when he came here. But they didn't want to throw away their culture, their heritage, but they realized that it was always going to be with them, but they wanted to be these this Americano thing. It, well, exactly. You become part of the milieu that is American. So Italian-Americans are Americans, but they still are proud of their Italian heritage. Same thing for Irish and everybody. Um, so my father came here with that type of expectation. He came here to work and make the most of the opportunity. He was always patriotic, and he always taught me that the American identity is the only thing that matters. So I get the sense that this small group, small group of radicals, sometimes they're radicalized, they, they want the benefits 
the citizenship, the green cards, the access. But deep down inside, they will never assimilate. They will never embrace. They really are on a, they're on a, a mission. Correct. People who've been coming here really for the last several generations, um, something changed in this country. And the expectation now is not that you're going to come and assimilate. The, 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 the standard now is, as you said, multiculturalism. And that basically... And explain uh, the definition of multiculturalism is? I, I, the way I think it plays out in practice is that people are told we're a multicultural com- uh, country. And therefore, there is no need to assimilate. You just come here and you graft your old traditions onto ours, and that's perfectly fine. And who are we to judge? But, but that, that means really essentially the end of the United States. Because as the- Theodore Roosevelt said, we become a boarding house of nations rather than one America. If you come here legally and you follow the processes that are intended to ensure that you're going to assimilate, you would be welcomed here. And that's part of what has made America great is that people came here from generation to generation and they contributed and they became Americans. Layer upon layer of immigrants became par- proud, patriotic Americans, and they served their country in war. They sacrificed. They did everything that, that the forefathers of this country have done. But now, instead, we have groups of immigrants who are coming here, many of them. And I don't know that it's such a small group, but I think it's a fairly large group who don't come here because they love America and everything that it stands for. But they're coming to take advantage of what America has to offer. And we have a pretty large segment of our society that politically believes that that's appropriate for them to do and our doors should be wide open and and the idea of maintaining sovereignty which means controlling our borders and insisting on assimilation has now been controversialized and it's been deemed to be a sign of bigotry and and i'm adamantly against that and that's why we have the problems here today listen political correctness is literally killing people in this country your father came to this country in 1953 to attend Syracuse University, where he met your mom. And your mother's parents came to the U.S. from the Lithuanian Jewish community in the waning years of the uh, the Russian Empire, the Tsar Russian Empire. Both of your parents were professors Correct. at Villanova University for over four decades. You were raised Jewish, right. right? So when I'm reading this, I'm going, wow. And you've been with your wife for over 15 years. You have four children baptized in the Catholic faith at St. Jude Church in Chalfont near your home in New Britain. As I was reading all these paragraphs and sentences, I saw these words, they're like keywords. I go, wow, there's a candidate, a potential big-time public figure in the future, saying the words baptized and Catholic faith. And I'm going, oh, my God, I wonder if that's going to hurt him by saying that. Because you, after years and years and years of being gently told, listen, don't be uh, bringing all that up, even though this country has been built on a Judeo-Christian background, today we seem to not have comfort in saying the word Catholic faith or St. Jude Church, but we certainly can provide a lot of, we can compel a lot of people to spend time in other faiths and be tolerant and um you know, tolerance goes both ways. Of course it does. Let's, let's be honest. This, this nation was founded, as you said, upon really Christian principles. All the founding fathers of this country were Christian. And they, they provided for free exercise of religion, and they provided that there should be no state religion. But they were, they were all Christian. And that's, that's reflected in the United States Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. And that's what this country was built upon. And so, tolerance of other religions that were not Christian Totally cool. Exactly. Free exercise for everybody. 
But that doesn't mean that this country is not built upon a substrate of Judeo-Christian tradition. So it didn't occur to me when I put that in the piece that it would be controversial. It was, it was truthful, and truth should never be controversial. I'm assuming it's not controversial, but when I read it, I go, wow, I haven't seen words strung back and forth, side, side by side, uh, before, <laughs> because it's the newspapers, and in a lot of newspaper newsrooms, they may not love to put that in there. Newsrooms somewhat leaning left over the years. So... It continues where the San Bernardino killers, they grew up nurturing hatred and grievance towards America. You grew up learning patriotism and reciting the Pledge of Allegiance, whereas these killers took up arms to kill Americans, kill Americans. You, Dean, took and kept an oath to protect America and to support and defend this nation against all enemies, foreign and domestic, those those that are being radicalized right next door to us. And, and you went to war as a United States Marine to fight against the very enemy that the San Bernardino killers represent. You developed counterterrorism training missions with allies to fight those enemies. The San Bernardino killers died in a shootout with police, whereas you spent years working hand-in-hand -hand with police as a criminal prosecutor in Bucks County to keep our communities safe. As we come to a close here, you are first and foremost an American. You're running for Congress as an expression of your love of country and belief in service. You believe in compromise. This is what we were talking about with Teddy Roosevelt. Speak softly, carry a big stick. Uh, Ronald Reagan, peace through strength. It sounds like you've been reading some Teddy and some uh, Ronald Reagan. You believe in compromise, but you also believe there are times to stand firm and resolute. Anchored in principle, in fighting terror, there is no place for empathy or dialogue. Or compromise I believe that absolutely we have to protect our country and we cannot be victims of cowardice and guilt we have to be unapologetically patriotic Americans and defend American interests and American sovereignty and and we cannot give in to this concept of political correctness we cannot be afraid to name the enemy if the enemy is Islamist terror then the enemy is Islamist terror and if that offends certain people well they might as well just be offended it doesn't matter to me who's offended. What matters to me is that American lives are protected and American interests are advanced. We need to protect um, our allies. We need to bolster our allies globally, which we have not done, in my opinion, under President Obama. Has uh, Mr. Obama visited Israel any time during his administration? No, he's, he's indifferent to Israel. He's indifferent to Israel. One of the most amazing countries on the planet. And he is very outreaching towards Muslim nations. And it's all backfired on him in reality. And there, and, and let's let's be clear. Most ninety nine and nine percent of all Muslims are good, great people. Of course, of, of course they are. And I have family who are Muslims, and they are good people. But the point is that he doesn't recognize that we have to support our allies, and we have to make the world understand that there is no greater friend than the United States, nor is there any greater enemy than the United States. And unfortunately, he's been a poor friend to our allies, and he's been a weak enemy to our adversaries. You have to understand, I am sure, that the uh, those who want to kill, they're getting quite savvy at using technology to communicate, even at times using games and um, things that are difficult to decrypt. So we love technology, but it could be used for good, it could be used for bad, and it looks like 
I think as Americans, we need to uh, ramp up our ability to um, understand technology better because that, much like germ warfare today, digital warfare could be quite deadly. Well, that's true. And, and we could be cri- crippled economically through, through a cyber attack. Um, our intelligence system could be crippled. Much of our military communication could be crippled. So we have to get serious about national defense just because we're not interested in it and we want to talk about social engineering at home and we'd rather pretend that the rest of the world isn't at war and we can all be happy with each other. It's just not true. That's not, that's wishful thinking. That's not pragmatic leadership. So you're right. We have to invest to make sure that this country is capable of defending itself technologically and militarily. We're talking to Dean Malik. He's running for Congress. And he's running, he's going to be running in an upcoming Pennsylvania primary. And before we go to break, when I see drones, and finally they're putting some rules on drones, when I see the ability, using an iPhone or an Android, to take a flying device and fly it up using remote control, flying it up and down a beach, using it for real estate, using it for fun, but you could also use it for a variety of diabolical means. I can't imagine why it's still so easy to let people buy and use drones, I believe that. I believe the concept of drones, which I love, there's a lot of nasty you can do with a drone. That's true. Unfortunately, we haven't seen any terror attacks by somebody weaponizing a drone in this country, but, but that's true. But and I we've think- never seen anybody hijack a plane, two of them, and go into... Until the first time. towers, yeah. And, until the first time, and, and then we try to figure out what we did that was wrong. But I think underlying, you have to deal with the underlying problem, which is the people who come here who are radicalized to begin with. We have to do a better job of making sure the people who come here are coming here in good faith um, because they want to be citizens, because they love this country. And we can't just allow people in here under some notion that entry into this country is a universal human right. It's not. You come here to be a citizen. We're talking to Dean Malik. He's an Iraq war veteran, a former Bucks County prosecutor. He's also a candidate for Congress in Pennsylvania's 8th Congressional District, but he's here today for all of those reasons. Thank you for your service. But what jumped out, being a Pakistani-American. Of course, a couple of weeks ago, he saw another group of Pakistani-Americans do exactly what he would never even fathom. He was brought up one way, they were brought up another. Why did your family, why did your upbringing go down one path and theirs go down another, and their path went down in another direction. Is there something, can you actually put your hands around what I'm asking you? Yeah, I, I understand completely, and I, and I, think, I, I think there's a number of reasons for that. Um, first of all, my father came here in 1953. Um, as I said before, that was the end of the era in this country when assimilation was really expected of immigrants, and it wasn't even a question that you would come here and not assimilate. Um, and that's what my father did. He came here to become a, a contributing member of society and to become an American. And, and, and he raised me with those values, as my mother did. My parents were both proud, patriotic Americans. The uh, children of, of immigrants to this country, like waves of immigrants previously, who came here to assimilate. But the, this couple in San Bernardino came at a later time in this country. And our country has gone through some tremendous social changes, really beginning in the 1960s, where society was reorganized. And instead, we put a premium on this, this fictitious concept called multiculturalism, where people are told that assimilation is actually bad and it's destructive. And you should come here instead and import your own culture. And you should just take the, care of the benefits that the United States has to offer, but you don't have to assimilate. And that is Dean Malik. He's an American, 
Isn't it great to be here in the U.S. of A. on WPG Talk Radio 1450? It's a Friday night, now here we go. Everybody's working for the weekend. Last Friday night. You know, something about Katy Perry and this Islamophobia fear. Kind of a weird mix. And we're going to mix in some real estate, but that's the way we, that's the way we roll here on WPG Talk Radio, 1450. My name is Mel Taylor, and we are here every Friday from 3 until 6. Thanks again to Mr. Joseph Palillo, Mr. Atlantic City. He came in, handed out a few postcards, talking about weed, talking about his beard. What a great guy. Love Joseph Palillo. And coming up at 5.30, the Holy Trinity. It's the new voice, the new media of Atlantic City. They're called This Is AC. Those three, they're coming in. They're a phenom, a social media phenom, taking advantage of Pinterest and Facebook and YouTube, social media. They are the new media of the future. And my name is Mel Taylor. And... In the studio, Dean Malik, and a little crossover here with uh, Carlo Lasco. Carlo Lasco, I'd like you to meet a defender of our freedom, a defender uh, allowing people like us to make money in this fair county of Atlantic. Mr. Lasco, that's Mr. Malik. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure so, to meet you, too. I uh, heard a little bit on your resume there, and I wish you a lot of luck in your uh, run for Congress. We Thanks. need more people like you. Again, uh, to you, you, we need people like you. Your success uh, running for Congress will help this country greatly. As a Pakistani-American and his upbringing, we wanted to figure out, well, why did his family, why did his upbringing go down this path? And some of the others decided to take a far left turn. Correct. Um, I'm just a very proud American, patriotic American citizen. And my parents, coming from two different backgrounds, a Muslim Pakistani father and a Jewish American mother, uh, raised me to be American first, and I've always believed that. And so my passion has always been service to my country. Well, Dean Malik, we really appreciate uh, you being here on the program. Of course, thank you for your service, and we really want you to go to the next step. We want you to get some uh, national attention. We believe that this is just a warm-up for uh, the curvy couch with Fox News because you are the perfect guest for them, and I hope uh, that uh, that prediction comes true. Good luck in the upcoming election. I want you to come back, and we want to keep uh, everybody up to speed on what it's like to be uh, in your shoes as you uh, move forward in your career because you're still a, uh, a very young guy. How can people reach out and maybe read this article that you posted in the Bucks County Courier Times? It's, it's available on social media, the Facebook page, Dean Malik 2016 Facebook page, and also Dean Malik 2016 is the uh, website, www.deanmalik2016.com. 